Chopping Mall. Yes. A great name, if there ever was one. A perfect play on the American staple, which is, of course, the shopping mall. Uh (laughs) I felt that maybe uh, there wasn't quite enough chopping to warrant the name, but there was definitely some death. And if there's something I like, it's death. Especially when there's a Woolies nearby to get a a nice pick and mix. (laughs) This foray into the 80s mall environment has us watching the young folk having fun one evening, having a party whilst unaware that the security robots had suffered a massive malfunction. And we're not talking short circuit here. Think the other side of the coin. They are on the prowl. They're keeping in mind that they're using some slightly overly enthusiastic security measures. Stun darts and electrifying wires aside, to be fair... When I was watching it, I was like, "That even that's a bit far. Um, they have some other more deadly tools at their disposal. Also, they seem to have developed a terrible thirst for blood. Will they yes. avoid... Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, Will they avoid the bots? Will they survive the night? We will see copious amounts of 80s boobies, as we all expect to. Uh, will they find a well-stocked sports store with assault rifles and boxes of ammo sitting next to it on the shelf? Um, it's America, so I'll answer that for you. Yes, the answer's yes. Uh, director Jim... Uh, let me get this right. Wynorski? Who's known for such uh, films as Final Voyage, Camel Spiders, The Picture Flight's Great, and The Lost Empire, brings us Choppy Mall, which was originally known as Killbots. However, poor takings at the uh, box office encouraged a rename. A rename. And Ben, who was it that, that renamed it? Who came up with the idea? Well, apparently the story goes it was an actual janitor at the mall where there was filming. Uh, he came up with this witty name, and obviously it was a. It was a keeper. Guarantee he was laughing for a good half an hour before he yeah. suggested it. And more like t- chopping more. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might be on to something. <laughs> <laughs> he's just talk- knows what he's talking about. <laughs> just talking about chopping more. Like, obviously, like you said, the name's a very good name, but it don't really relate to this film at all. Like, Killbots would have been a better name, but obviously Ooh. it weren't as catchy. It, it lends itself to a slasher film. Like it, yeah. like the first time you hear about this, you would think, oh, it's about a killer who's going around a shopping mall and yeah. killing people. Which, obviously, the use of this name is because it did bad as Killbots. They're like, we'll use this name and maybe we're going to pull in an audience of uh, slasher fans, which at the time was big business. So yeah. I can see why they went with it. And uh, yeah, that, that janitor deserves uh, a lot of credit because it is a pretty mint name. It is a good name, yeah. Coming out in 1984, Chopping Mall cost approximately 800000 to make and had a runtime of one hour and 17. That's a pretty short runtime for these mm. films. Is that, is that a usual uh, B-movie uh, film length? Uh, yeah, they weren't too long. Like I know that they did actually cut this one down. Um, I think the original cut was about 20 minutes longer and then when they tested it on audiences, they decided to rein it back a bit, cut out some of the fluff and... I think they've come up with something that's quite to the point and quite mm. precise. Yeah, it's good. Um, so I can't for the life of me find out how much money uh, they made, um, but if we come across it, we'll, uh, we'll inject it into the video somewhere. Carrying an IMDb rating of 5.8 out of 10, uh, getting a Rotten Tomato score of 50% with an audience rating of 38%. The cast consists mainly of people that um, probably never heard of or seen before, except mm. for a few exceptions. Um, and yeah. I have I have a couple to mention. A young actor called Tony o- Odell. I definitely knew him. Um, there was a janitor who we'll be talking about a little bit later on. 
Before Chopping Mall, Tony Adele featured in a massively popular film, um, which was The Karate Kid. He also made an appearance in Cobra Kai more recently. Uh, throughout the years, he's mainly been on American TV scene, and unlike some uh, 80s stars, he hasn't totally vanished into obscurity. Um, Kelly Maroney is the leading uh, lady. One of the main ladies that's in it. Uh, she plays the leading lady in this movie, and as she said, my dad's a Marine, so we know this girl is trouble. Um, as for at the moment, um, she has a lot of acting credits and is still active uh, still active now. She she's, also, um, go on, she's, uh, One, one, one she's last him. thing. She also oh, made an appearance um, in True Blood. I did come across that bit of information. Oh. Mm. She's, a, she's a legend from back in the day from uh, Night of the Comet mm. and uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is right. obviously a classic. But uh, they're, them three, like Chopping Mall, Night of the Comet and Fast Times, is a... Is a most well-known roles. Night of the Comet, especially, if uh, anybody hasn't seen it, make sure you pick that up. It's a quality film. I think it's on Netflix, actually. Okay. Yeah, I think um, it's two two female leads, both legendary actresses uh, from back in the day. I might Good go film. a look. Another Good one, look. Uh, Barbara Crampton um, is in this as well, known for Reanimator and From Beyond. Also, if you can find it, there's also a Playboy uh, spread at roughly the same time that was released as the film. I also need to mention somebody called Roger Corman, uh, Ben. Yeah, Roger Corman, even though this film isn't a Roger Corman film, his influence is all over it. And we'll see, which I'll probably talk about when we get into the actual like film. There's, there's a lot of references to him. And basically, Roger Corman is a B-movie legend. He made uh, a lot of like cheap films back in 60s and 70s like schlocky horror stuff uh, a bucket of blood is one that's uh, well known a bucket and, uh, of he, blood yeah and he uh, he wrote the R- little shop of horrors which i'm sure everyone is aware of classic but uh basically he, he started a production company a distribution company and the concord films that make chopping ball actually is his company and his wife um who is julie corman i believe she produced this film as well so it's got a lot of Roger Corman influence and I, and I believe that Jim uh, Jim Wynorski the director he, he jumped at the chance to work with Roger Corman I think Roger Corman said your budget is 800 grand and he's like no problem I'll just do whatever I can to work with you and I think the story goes that that Corman met up with Jim and uh, get him he said forget everything you know about film school Give him a little yellow book and said, this is everything that you need to know about filmmaking. And apparently to this day, the uh, Jim Wynorski has still got that book and he lives his uh, life by it. So there you go. There we go. A little bit of information. Uh, the film itself was filmed in a, a real American mall, the Sherman Oaks Galleria. It's the same mall that was featured in the film Commando. Uh, with our but, channel favourite, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Go for it. But it was actually filmed in a lot more. It was actually featured in a lot more films. Uh, so... Another one is starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. So we've got Commando, which is the obvious one. If you yeah. watch Commando, you'll notice that it's the same more. But can you have a guess at what the other Arnie film it was? I can't. And a, a, sto- a Stone Cold classic. Oh, is it Terminator 2? Yeah, it's Terminator 2. Oh. The, the more scenes in that, when yeah. the T-1000's like, chasing Connor. Hmm. It's, uh, I'm trying bit, to... Little... I can't think of the more scene in Terminator well, Yeah, it's, all, it's only briefly. Right. Yeah. It's only briefly, but it's Terminator 2. A film that I actually mentioned earlier, Fast Times at Ridgemont High with Kelly Maroney, it's used in that film as well. And 
another 80s classic is Inner Space. And then finally, so this, this small has seen a lot of trouble. The, the, last, the last one is a TV show, which I know that Nathan was a fan of. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you guess what it is? It's a sort of like teen, teen horror show. Was it, uh, was it Buffer? Yeah, we're actually Ooh, featured yes. in Buffer as well, so it's got a quite quite a history. Yeah, it's small. I think I might need to be. I might need to be fact checked on this because uh, I just got the vibe. I think it's from Stranger Things as well. I think that's the same mall that the like final episode like showdown. I don't happens. think it is. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. So, right, there's a reason I don't think it is, and I'll get to it in a second if I finish yeah. up my little bit. Uh, yeah. The film was shot overnight in the mall, but they had to clean up, ready mm. for the morning choppers at 9am. I think that's absolutely brilliant. They just kind of all rush in there at like 6 o'clock, yeah. and they're just like, right, guys, wait, wait, wait. Um, the mall's owner was very supportive, but the head of security, um, I just need to point out, wasn't a robot. Uh, kept complaining and causing a bit of trouble. He was blaming them for everything that was going, that was going wrong. Mm. You'll be pleased to know that the mall location is still active and has not totally shut down like others in the US. It, however, was knocked down. A replacement oh. building is there and um, it's got the same name and it's operating as more of a business park and it has it, ha- it does have shops there uh, as well. Uh, so that's the reason it's not the Stranger, the Stranger oh. Things. The Stranger Things Mall is a real mall and I've seen a few oh. videos on YouTube about it. It's fascinating. Oh. And I think someone went in after the filming and there was a car, came with a car that was like upside down oh. and I think that car was still there. Something, something like that. It was something stupid. Um, they had a security from the other mall would have hated that. It, <laughs> it would have just been up, like, so. "What's yeah. the card? You've left the car." Yeah. Uh, he's putting little barriers around. Yeah. It, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, we love we love our American malls. Mm. Uh, it's um, it's worth mentioning that a bit of a, a goof, what do you call it? A goof blooper information trivia. Mm. Uh, it's worth mentioning that if you look well enough. Apparently, I didn't see any, but apparently you do see some members of the public just walking around in the background um, <laughs> that they've not managed to, to cut out. I, I didn't see them my, myself. No, I don't think I noticed them. Budget film making it is best, in it? I, I love it. Yeah. Using them all. <laughs> the, the chap who helped write it was called Steve Mitchell. He wrote it with the, uh, the director. Um, he also wrote a lot of animated shows, including G.I. Joe, Transformers, and a classic, an amazing one, which I use. If I, I never used to go out my way to watch it, but when I, it, when I came across it, I used to watch it because it was just interesting. Uh, it was Gem and the Holograms, which was recently uh, reading as a yeah. film and was trash. Apparently, mm. I've not seen the film, mm. but it's as if they took the um, the original idea, but then they just didn't do anything um, with it. To I don't know how to explain it. You know when people take they go like, oh, like. Transformers is really good, but we're going to take the name, but we'll do it with rabbits. You know, it's mm. that kind of like they took the idea, but they they didn't do good enough with it, and people didn't like it. They were just like, "What is this rubbish?" Mm. So older people that may have really enjoyed Gem and the Holograms were like, "Yo, let's go watch it," and it was just crap, <laughs> which is um, very dis- very disappointing. Um, he is uh, Steve Mitchell, however, is most known uh, by B movie fans for. Shopping mall, and that is my little introduction into the film. I hope you enjoyed that. That was um, seven hundred and fifty words. <laughs> oh, you, you did a good job. Yeah, we covered it. We covered a lot of things. Um, um, we did mention we were talking about it beforehand, and there is a lot of cameos in this. As you said, the janitor's a most famous one. But when we thrash through the movie, we'll dig into them cameos a bit more. But yeah, that's all the main good stuff. So. If you want to move on to the film, um, as usual, we're going to roll the tr- 
trailer. But for this episode, we have a very special introduction. Take it away, Kelly. Hi, Sages Retreat people. I'm Kelly Maroney, and you're about to watch the 1986 cult classic, Chopping Mall. Or at least the trailer. So I hope you enjoy it. They broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. They're dead meat. But you're never alone. In the chopping mall. What's that? Robot life. shopping costs you an arm and a leg. That was the trailer. I'm sure we all enjoyed it. I'm sure you all enjoyed it at home. Great trailer. Um, I watched mm-hmm. that trailer and I was like, you know what? I might be able to forgive Ben for that shit <laughs> film the other month. Because <laughs> this, this one, this one has got me interested. 100%. It's more sci-fi, isn't it? More, more sci-fi, more... Yeah, it has that kind of crap sci-fi aspect to it, which um, which, which is robots. Yeah, which I quite like. It has that. It gave me that little bit of a short circuit vibe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, interesting, and interesting trailer. We've got to give props to the little tagline as well because it's quite genius. Like the where shopping costs you an arm and a leg. <laughs> yes, that's like tacked in the trailer. It's quite a nice little blurb. Yeah. Does anyone lose an arm or a leg though? That's what I'd like to. Yeah, uh, no. They get sh- they get shot at and it's pretty crap, but yeah. <laughs> they don't lose them. I don't believe. Yeah. Are we are we talking about the poster now? Have you got? Are you mentioning it later? No, we can talk about poster. Yeah. Uh, I well, I, I love yeah, the go po- for it. Yeah, yeah. I really like the poster. Hmm. I yeah. think it's really good. But it but, don't it don't it don't really express the film, does no, it? Don't represent the film. At all. No, not yeah. a, there's a robot. There's like a lady's robot hand, <laughs> yeah. like slightly clawed, and it's like chopped off. At no yeah. point is there a female, slightly manicured looking robot hand that gets chopped off. And yeah, I'm it's like, quite. It's like an android arm, isn't it? Yeah, it's like very, yeah, very yeah. detailed. Like where like, the, the the robots are like got claws. Like yeah, they're, they're litter picking claws. The yeah. man, so. like Data's ripped apart his girlfriend or something. It's yeah. like look at look at this is your arm, you bitch. It's like this. It's horror. Yeah, it's great. It looks great, but it's not in the film, and I couldn't help. Yeah. I didn't really notice well, it until after I'd watched the film, and then I just felt a bit disappointed. I was like, oh. Yeah, but going back to the video shop and the VHS puppers, yeah. like, you would have rented that film because you would have thought, well, this is a fucking mint cover. Yeah. Uh, this film must be the shit, and you'd rent it, and then you'd get home and be disappointed, but maybe you'd watch it, and you'd be like, that were actually a pretty good yeah. film. But it pulls you in. The best bit of the trailer, yeah. I need to add, is the bit where the doors are closing and the robot hand goes, <coughs> like that. Yeah. That's the best bit. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, quality. Yeah. So uh, now I've watched the trailer. Um, the beer we've chosen for this uh, particular pairing is a stout. We're going to keep the pairing simple to start with, just different styles of stuff. But what what's, might seem quite obvious when you've watched the film is that the stout is very similar to Robot Blood, uh, the big thick oil. And the line is actually referenced in the movie uh, when they kill one of the bots. So I thought this would be a nice choice. 
Um, as well as being thick and black and sticky like oil, it's also um, the film takes place on a dark and stormy night. So if you were going to say a beer that you'd want in your glass next to a fireplace on a dark stormy night, it would be a nice big stout. So yeah, we've chosen a stout for this one. Um, we have recommendations on his letterbox to, um, on some nice stouts you could get older. Mm. So I'll get the ball rolling on my choice, but I'll preface this by saying me and Nathan have actually got the same beer this time around, just because I found the perfect stout with the perfect name. And I was in Manchester and I was like, I messaged Nathan and I said, I'll pick us up two cans of this for his uh, Chopping More recording. So me and Nathan have got the same can. So I believe Nathan's already poured his and tucked into it, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing because talking about stouts, you do want them slightly warmer. So mm-hmm. it's nice, get, you want to keep them cold, but get them out of the fridge, pour them in your glass, let them warm through a bit. It brings out a lot more complexity, a lot more depth of flavour, brings a lot more flavours to the party. So this stout we've picked is a Mobley Brewing Co., which is based in Cheshire. Uh Quite a simple design on can, so it's not no no too extravagant. Like a circuit but, board, isn't it? Yeah, if you look at the title, it's called Circuit Breaker. Oh, so good. Was mm. quite apt for this film. So this is a, it's a according to Mobley Brewhouse, it's a sumptuous and warming imperial stout brewed with cocoa nibs, coffee, and cinnamon. So it's ten point five percent this beast. Uh, I'm hoping it would taste like robot blood. So what is it? 10.5? 10.5. <laughs> I get a nice pour. It's looking quite thick. That's that's oil, that, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's got that, the right consistency. That's, that's a nice, gru- gruesome, uh, isn't it? Yeah, a nice head on that, like that thick brown head that you want. Killbot's mm. been stabbed in the head and it's pouring out. Mm. So, yeah, I'll, I'll raise a toast at Killbot's. I'll get a good... Ooh, smells like coffee. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice one. That's uh, nice and dark, malty, roasty. It finishes on quite a sweet note, like a bit marzipan. Would you say, Nathan? That coffee comes through strong. Yeah, it's it's almost like like an espresso or something. You know, like a, yeah. It's, it's it's the smell. It's you would if if I were blindfolded, I would sell this for coffee. If I was smelling this, and the taste straight away is coffee. And then, That's... then you get the, the chocolate come through. Yeah, it sort yeah. of mellows out. It's got a really good mouthfeel as well. It's not, it's not water. Yeah, it's... You could chew on that. You could yeah. chew on that. That yeah. that's that's definite robot blood. Robot blood mm. in a glass. So, uh, yeah, that's the that's the pairing. So Nathan's obviously got the same one as me. So uh, I'm interested now to see what uh, Lee's gone for. I hope it's not a Bud Light. Uh... No, he's got Carl in this time. <laughs> How did you know? Yeah. Look, it's it's no, it's my phone actually. I haven't got a Bud Light, sorry. So, uh, yeah, Lee, what have you gone for? So, I had a little wonder around. I looked at the notes that are on um, Letterboxd, and I do like a stout. In fact, one of my favourite, I believe it, I believe it's a stout. Correct me if I'm wrong, Old Peculiar. Have you heard of Old Peculiar? Hmm. I'm not too familiar. Are you not? No, so they um, used to find it um, when I worked in a lot of pubs years ago. Um, they used to often have it on tap, and that, that would, it was like six or six something percent. Couple of pints of that, and you 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 were ready to go home, hundred yeah. percent. I haven't got old peculiar, but I would recommend if you see it to try it. Um, not necessarily. I don't know. I'm not sure what it's like out of a bottle compared to draft. Uh, maybe 
maybe it's the same sometimes sometimes it happens that they do taste do taste the same what i've got today is um it is a stout don't worry don't panic it's not some crap um and seeing as uh, last week i was the black sheep of the um <laughs> the selection um i've gone for a black sheep brewery stout i've never had this and i've got this really cool right i've got a cool bag i can't have found this um it's don't ask i'm not going to go into why but i need to show this is some re- i don't know how well you can see this this is some retro goodness this is oh no it's hang on let me adjust let me turn uh my background so you can see it look at that that is amazing it's even got eso on it so this is what this is you get your points and you'd buy this. This is some good stuff. It looks like what you put a pizza in, you know, like what pizza delivery would come. Yeah, yeah. Like one of them heating bags. Yeah. Let me put my background back. Alright. When you're looking at this, the right it's gonna mess up. Okay, right. So I've got the Black Sheep Brewery. It is a it's it's called Milk Stout. It is uh, creamy, rich, and dark. Four point four percent. I don't know how well that's gonna focus in for you there. Can you see that? Yep, yep. Yep. And I've never had this. I've had I've, I've sampled quite a lot of your your supermarket sort of. Hang on, let's. Uh, it's not going to be exciting. Ooh, you hear that little 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 cracking? Of... Let's pour this out and see. Well, that's a good colour. Not as not as uh, thick as yours. It's definitely got an element of thickness in it. Let's see if I can get a little bit of a head on there. Yeah, milk milk stout's a classic style. Hmm. I do like a good milk stout. Proper dark. Proper dark. Let me uh, let me have a sample of this. Let me have a smell first. Smells like... I don't know if you've ever been in a pub cellar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smells like a pub cellar. Surprisingly, not everyone has been in a pub cellar. Ooh, let me... That is really nice. Nice one. <laughs> that is real. I'm not. You know, it's um, it's exactly how it says. It's creamy. I haven't got. I haven't got any real technical terms for this. But if you've ever had, like, you know what it tastes like. It's like a better Guinness. Mm. It's like someone made a premium <laughs> Guinness. <laughs> That's strong words, that you'll get. You'll get. You'll make enemies from that. I like. I like Guinness. I like the extra cold Guinness as opposed. Guinness to... Guinness is a classic. Yeah, Guinness is amazing. Um, I like the extra cold Guinness myself. I um, thought you were going to pull a Guinness out. To be honest, it would have been. It would have been half justified. Hmm. Yeah, no one would have looked down on you. Either. No. Hmm. So okay, Black so that... cheap Derbyshire is it? Um, right, so hang on, I've got the notes up for the... So, located in Masham, North Yorkshire. Black Sheep mm. is a brewery full of soul, apparently full of soul, with a rich history and an innovative future. Our story is one that's been told for years. Uh, Paul Theakson made the decision to establish his own independent brewery in his hometown of Masham, so it comes from Theakson's. I know it's, it's the one at bigger, like, bigger breweries, Black mm, Sheep. From 1992. Excuse me, that was, ooh, that's got me. Um, as a brewing pioneer with true Yorkshire grit, apparently, and determination, he forged Black Sheep Brewery, where quality, consistency, and independence come, come first. 
Paul Thiekson was the architect and with his family, his staff and a flock of shareholders back in him, he created well to become one of the most well-loved brewers in the United Kingdom. Mm. Solid, and absolutely solid. Let me see what it says. What, the... what, what percent is that one? 4.4. So Ooh, it's... A bit it's, of session. It's mm. sessionable. It's got yeah. a good... It's, it's only just... I'll say it's only just sessionable. I mean, hmm. like any stronger, I think you'd be... I think you'd be feeling like, oh, you know what? I've had a couple of them. That's enough. If you didn't want a lot, you know, or depending on how you go with your alcohol. But on the back, um, silky creamy stout, packing notes of chocolate, vanilla, and coffee. Now, now I've read it. Now I'm going to see if I can. I'm influencing my uh, my senses. I'm going to see. Hmm. Nope, can't smell <laughs> or taste any of that. But I don't care because it's very nice, and I've got two bottles of it as well. Maybe maybe when it's warmed up a little bit. Yeah, maybe actually actually you're wrong. Uh, yeah. wrong. Actually you're wrong. Let it, let <laughs> actually you're right. <laughs> you're right. I'll I'll give it a time. I'll give it some time and we'll see we'll see how it ends up. In fact, I'll pour I've got I'll pour this one into here and I'll let that sit. So that's that's my beer anyway. Uh, got from uh, Tesco if anyone is interested in trying it. Milk stout. I love the retro yeah. retro font. Sorry, just a fat. I find that I would say stout is more like, for me personally anyway, I know I've got friends who can drink them all day long, but <laughs> for me personally, it's like a, it's it's like the end of the night drink. It's like a nice, took it's me a into bed drink. drink. Yeah. It's a dessert. It's the end, end, of the, end of the session drink. Yeah, you just get a nice warm stout and you'll mm. nestle in quite comfy and away you go. Yeah, if I finish work late, I I like a pint. Of like Guinness as opposed to depends on who I finish work with at the time who who, who what they drink well, I know one's a cider drinker one's a lager drinker but I like to have a nice uh, Guinness at the end of the night for me that's that's my end of the night drink and mm. it's like it's like having milk you know you get yeah. home you're done you're ready for bed there you go if that makes Perfect. any sense but yeah I love I do like it if you like Perfect. it. so um, now I think we all might be a little bit more buzzed. I know I'm starting to, since yeah. I had a few drinks before this. <laughs> but um, now we're all a bit more slightly tipsy. Um, I think it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and talk about chopping more. So uh, we'll keep this one in quite a linear fashion, and we'll we'll follow the plot. So we'll just I'll just throw this out there because I'm, I'm sure Nathan has a lot to say about the opening scene, but. We'll, we'll go with the nice the nice opening scene of this film. It's basically a little film like introducing the robots, which are the new security. Uh, it's like it's like a sales pitch in it from from mm. the company that makes the robots. They show a little film to the more staff, and it has it's got the robots doing the thing, neutralizing the little robber, uh, and then it like it flashes up, doesn't it, at the beginning of the film, saying the end, mm. uh, which is quite cool. I thought. Um, yeah. And then it and then it zooms out to the crowd watching the film and the presentation begins. So, I'll uh, we'll start with that. I'll pass over to Nathan. I'm sure you've got stuff to say about this little section. Right, just 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 the opening scene to the end of the presentation. Yeah. I could talk. I could talk about that for um, about two hours. <laughs> right, that. And and then the part after that, I won't get onto that yet. That is also a masterpiece, but we'll, I'll come back to that one later on. But 
for one, you showed a presentation, right? They showed a presentation to the mall staff, which I didn't understand because surely it should be some sort of exec who own the mall, but it's like Pete from Pete's Hardware or something. He's sat there, yeah. he's, he's watching it. You've got Jill, nail technician, she's here. Like these have got some say in it, but I don't know why they're there. Uh, and it's 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 horrific, the video. I mean, I wouldn't buy this product if someone showed me this. <laughs> It's it's a right in depth like burger review of some stereotypical burglar who's got like black hoodie on like yeah has he like... got a band has he got like a band yeah <laughs> yeah like... straight about he might as well have a swag bag and yeah. some of them black fingers uh, <laughs> like eye mask things on yeah. he's strutting about he's done he's done he's done his robbing and stuff then robot comes and he sp- he sprints off and then the robot it's speeded up <laughs> like it's it's on tire tracks like tank tracks it ridiculously speeds up after him but then it keeps showing you clips of him and he's like is it a like jog he's not even he's not even running fast like he's running for his life and then it takes him down and by takes him down you think oh he's a, he's a shoplifter or he's a burglar just just grab him or something no it like stunt it like electrocutes him <laughs> or something with like a dart or something and he's dead he's clearly dead right and then it's the end um and one of the patrons mentions it but uh, that that why would we want this product if it's going to kill people? And then he says something about him being stunned, but he didn't look stunned to me. Uh, but I've got I took a load of notes. My most notes are about this this part. the <laughs> The best actors in this film for me are the weird relationship couple who we yeah. can't decide what they are. Are they just co shop owners of the same shop, different shops? Are they friends? Are they husband and wife? Are they it, something? Can I like? I'm sure they're listed in credits as being husband and wife, but like the vibe they give off is like the gay best friend. Yeah, because she I... seems a lot younger than him. Yeah, and I, and like the way he talks is a bit like I don't know, salacious. But... He's very, he's very camp and he's very judgy. I mean, they they start they've got like they start like ripping on what's going on <laughs> with like right weirdly unfunny jokes that don't make much sense. But it's like. She says they look like the Three Stooges, right? This 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 one were a bit of a stickler for me. Near, because they show three robots on stage. Oh, wait, I know what you're going to say. I remember yeah. this bit, yeah. They're all, yeah. Ident- they're all identical. The Three yeah, Stooges yeah. are not identical. They look different for a reason. They look nothing like the Stooges. The robots, for a start, and I don't, I, I, I don't know if this is a thing. I don't know if this came out before Short Circuit. But in Short Circuit 1, he... he Johnny Five, Johnny Five, yeah. He dresses like some of the other ones up that he's defeated as the Three Stooges. So I didn't know if this were like a callback to that, but possibly. Yeah, it could be, but she, she didn't make any sense. Then the the weirdly camp husband says something along the lines of that the middle one is worryingly ethnic looking. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What? They both they all look the same. All three of them's the same. Also, he's racist. And then he mentions something about his mother-in-law or something. Yeah, with laser eyes. With laser eyes? They remind me of your mother. It's the laser eyes. Why she got laser eyes? Plus, you don't see them shoot lasers at this point. Because she's a fucking bitch. His mother-in-law's a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, but he's her her mum. If that's their husband and wife, he's ragging on her mum. Also, can I, like, these wisecracking couple, like, I'll just throw it out there for any fans out there. These are actually two prominent people in the B-movie scene. Mm. So we've got Mary Warrenov, I think it is, 
she was in a lot of films, uh, Eating Raoul, Night of the Comet with Kelly Maroney, and Death Race 2000, which is a Roger Corman film. And the guy is called Paul Bartell. He directed Eating Raoul, he directed Death Race 2000, and he's been in a lot, he's got a lot of other cameos, one being Gremlins 2. I recognise, just to interrupt, I recognise his face, and I haven't haven't looked up who he was, um, but yeah, I definitely recognise him. These these two guys have uh, been in a lot of cult films, and uh, like I said, Gremlins Two would be uh, one that some people might pick up on. Um, so these, these, I think these were like the director or Roger Corman pulling in some favors, yeah. just getting a few few laughs from a few cameos. Um, just to touch on it briefly, the, another good cameo in the scene where they're presenting is uh, there's a guy called uh, Doctor Carrington, I think it is. Mm. He stands up and he asks a question. Well. The guy who plays Dr. Carrington is actually Angus Scrim, and I don't know if you two would be familiar with it, but basically there's a film series called Phantasm that's like a very cult classic film, and he plays a guy called The Tall Man, who is an absolute cult-like legend of horror films. And I just thought that was quite fascinating because I think Angus Scrim had a few extra, few extra scenes in the film, but I think they got cut because when they made the cut to make it a lot more slicker. I think they cut out his scene, so I'm not sure where he would have featured, but it's a nice little tidbit to add in there, um, in that opening scene. But um, aside from the cameos, and obviously that couple being a good laugh, um, I think Nathan mentioned the guy presenting the the thing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I can't remember his name, he's, he's also a doctor something. He's supposed to be yeah. some sort of like, Scientist, but then he's made robots. Scientists don't make robots; it's engineers. But he's 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 a scientist that's made these robots, and he's straight out of like some sort of like underwear model catalogue or something. He's like a weird model; like yeah. his hair's all bumped up. He doesn't seem to know what he's talking about, but not in like a comedic sort of thingy way. He's just straight like slimy and red greasy. Like he's just a yeah. salesman, and it just he's out of place. I mean, for eighties. Everybody knows if you're a scientist in the 80s, you're an old man with glasses. You're not a young man. <laughs> what did you think about all that, Lee? Like with that up this I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It was just, yeah. you know, like um, if you ever go to a school play and mm. you're sitting in there in the audience and you're looking at your missus and you're going, The fucking hell is this? Mm. Why have they dressed my kid up? What, does she even know her lines? What is she yeah. doing? Why is, that the kid, the why is that kid doing that? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it's like, it's just it's just general, like, stupid banter. And none of it made any sense. They didn't look. Yeah. Um, Short Circuit came out in 1986 in May. So whether they'd had time it to see it. It was like roughly the same time when it came out. It yeah. Was... Whether it's just had... a weird callback, isn't it? It's, it's strange that yeah. they should say that. But... The ethnic thing is like, what are you on about? It's not even racist, it's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just a Ooh, line in there microphone. to try and get a laugh. Look at my yeah. microphone, it's a bit black. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yours it's is a, a bit red. Yeah. It's like... I think ethnic. it was just trying, trying to draw on the like, this is obviously stupid and this is like... Because the, the humour throughout the film is quite goofy. Yeah. Mm. It must have just been in innocence, but... Like we said, 80s were a different time and we know there's a lot of racism and that thrown about. So we're obviously talking about the robots just as we're on about one being ethnic. Yeah. The, the three robots, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, was 
actually real robots that the special effects crew built. I was, so tra- I was had... trying to figure out, is there a little man in them? No, they're, they're, they're fully functional robots. They were remote controls. Security patrol robots. Yeah. That they, made, they, made five, they made five of them. Three in the film and two as backup in case they got destroyed. So Backup kill bots. Be, Everyone needs a backup yeah. kill bot. To be honest, that were pretty cool, I thought. Considering yeah. they had a small budget, as if they got some guys to make five robots and actually control them. And watching film, they, they do a good job of it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, what what made me laugh as well, which I was like talking about uh, to Nathan about earlier, was when, you know, after they do the presentation and that, it goes on about how it's foolproof and they won't kill humans and all that. And then it cuts to the robot and it's like very sinister and it goes. <laughs> like, like, it, like it knows it's just gonna fucking rip some guy's yeah. heart, like fucking throat out. It's like sinister as fuck. But, but that made me laugh how he said it were a foolproof system, and he like scan, he scans his ID card, and like the robot, like instead of just scanning it, like yeah. would it, like it moves his head, doesn't it? Like, yeah. and then I, I thought to myself, like, if it's a foolproof system, like, what if? I don't know, Lee works in this mall and Lee shows up one night and he's like, oh shit, I forgot my fucking ID card. Was this robot just going to fucking stun it and then yeah. stun Lee and then like arrest him and that? Like, yeah. It's not really foolproof, is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, Any, anything that kills back. you, anything that's got the capability of killing you, it's going to have and, a problem. And it says that, that this these robots patrol the mall at night, but the night time, the mall locks down. With these like impenetrable doors. So why do you need so, them? Is that the so why do you need fucking robots patrolling it? <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah, but and... they've got these iron doors and they're like proper iron like yeah. Thunderbirds or something that come down. But they've just got normal walls and windows apart. But they've got these very strong doors. That's why they need robots. And and a good point that Nathan made to me earlier, which I never picked up on, was that on this, when the film starts, it's Friday night, isn't it? And everyone's gearing up for a party on Friday night. Yeah. But, like, the mall locks down on Friday and doesn't open till Monday. Like, what mall doesn't open on a Saturday or something? <laughs> the prime shopping days. Like, what the fuck's going off there? We're not busy, it's fine. It's, it's like, fun. yeah, we'll just shut for the weekend. So we don't. That's like how good a mall it is. It probably brings in all revenue from like letting films like shoot there, like Terminator Two, and yeah. that must be it. So now we've gone through the opening uh, credit, and um, where where we go to now is uh, I think Nathan liked this scene as well, where we get introduced to the female characters. <laughs> so we have Susie and Alison. Is this when they're playing. at the the Italian restaurant with yeah. the, that disgusting chef that's covered yeah. in food, <laughs> and smoking? He's smoking. And he's like chucking plates down. Hey, take this to table twenty-three. And he's like, he's just an absolute like, disgrace. You break my heart. Because yeah. <laughs> she drops that plate. Oh yeah, she does, doesn't she? Yeah. He's, a, he's a scruffy cunt, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great character. It's a shame. It's a shame, like we didn't see him or he didn't die or something. <laughs> he yeah. could have been in. He could have been doing some last-minute work, sorting yeah. stock out, and then gets and murdered. It, his fag ash is about that long, isn't it? Yeah. Like fucking massive, and he's like making pizza. He's great. Yeah, but, uh, that's where we get introduced to Kelly Maroney and Barbara Crampton as Susie and Alison. So these are the two like female leads. I didn't take any notes for this bit because I uh, it's burned into my memory. <laughs> the um, man that they're serving, 
like yeah, some yeah, fat yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Best person in film. Why is he so underutilised? He's the same as the fat man from Deadly Prey. You know, he's like, yeah. no, don't kill me. He, he, <laughs> has, he, he has one of the best lines and all, doesn't he? Where he's like, waitress, more butter. Yeah, and he's got all food down him and he's like eating an all-you-can-eat buffet, but it's just his order that he's ordered. <laughs> But he's, he's, he's like a known pervert, though, as well. Yeah, but he's always like trading it on with him, and they know he's like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. I think she drops that plate on purpose so she doesn't have to take it to him. After that, like, scene, and obviously the guy saying, waitress, more butter, then then this is where things get sinister now. So we have um, we have a, we, we show we show the storm coming in, don't we? And it's like, it's so cliche, like, if you think about a lot of films or a lot of stories where something goes wrong because a storm sends like mm. the, the circuits haywire. So, Short circuit again. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so this is where we 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 see the first technician, don't we? And he's like, he's, he's got like a porno mago. It looks like maybe a calendar. It's a bit weird. Yeah. He's like, he's like pretending to read something. He's got like a fucking porno calendar. So uh, we know we know something sinister is happening, and. Uh, this dude picks up his porno bag. He's like, he's, he's eyeing up these breasts. And then the first kill is the kill bot. He comes straight through the page and he like grips the guy's neck and he fucking rips his jugular out. Hmm. And then we're, we're, as an audience, we're all like, we know where this is going. So that's the first technician who's dead. And we set the tone. Um, does, uh, did you, what did you think of that kill, Lee? Did you think it were... I thought it was pretty... Um... It was coming. As soon as you saw him in there, it was like, he's, well, he's going to die, and then he died. It was like impending doom, wasn't it? You could tell. Yeah, you can. You always know when someone's going to die, don't you? I watched a film last night when there was somebody walking. It was to do with snipers, this film was. And there was somebody walking, just walking, I'm like, he's going to die. <laughs> he just died. Yeah. It was exactly the same sort of feeling. And I think when he picks up, you know when he picks up the, the picture? Because he gets yeah. killed through the picture, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I'm sure if you look at it, there's some marks or some cuts on it or something <laughs> to make it <laughs> to make it weak so it goes th- through easy. I'm sure there's something on it. Yeah, I didn't. Because I didn't rewind it to check. I did read that the Killbot's arms were made of like some plastic toys, mm. so that could possibly be the reasoning why mm. some like flimsy plastic. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, good, good kill. And it takes us on to the next. Is, is it the next guy that uh, gets? Is it well, the next well, technician? Before we get to technician, we are introduced to the guys. So we've we've been we've seen the women. Now we're, now it's on to the guys. Obviously, it's three horny fucking teenagers who work at a a carpet store or some shit. The furniture. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we've got Ferdy, Mike, and Greg. Now, like I'm bo- I'm sure both of you had the exact same feeling as me. It's like as soon as Mike's fucking cunt face shows up, you just want to punch him. Dude. Is that yeah. the guy that's like, constantly chewing gum? Yeah, every he's, scene he's chewing. He's a fucking cunt. He's like he's a typical American douchebag. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure I heard that he did that on purpose because he knew that everyone would hate him for it. Hmm. No, he, he wanted to be that guy. I don't believe it. I think he he is that. that he guy. he owns it afterwards. Yeah. He insisted he chews gum because he likes to look cool. So, fucking, yeah, that guy's one dick. So we've got him, we've got Ferdy, who's clearly the virgin guy. He's, like, got glasses on. Like, anyone with glasses or who's a bit nerdy is clearly a virgin. Yeah. In the 1980s. 
Yep. And then Greg's Greg looks like a bit of a dweeb, but he's like kind of down with the cool guys. So he's the normal like, one, isn't it? He's like yeah. he's middle of the road, isn't it? He's he's your mate at work. He's the guy that you chat to. He knows the yeah. cool people, but he gets on with the with the like say the dweebs as mm. well. So, yeah. So the them three are like basically the premise is the mall's shutting down for the weekend. They run this little stall that's Ferdy's uncles, I believe, and. Uh, Obviously, Ferdy being the dweeb, they're sort of like bullying him into it. So they're mm. like, oh, we're going to have a party and we're going to invite some girls, which obviously are the girls from the pizzeria, which I mentioned earlier. So, uh, yeah, they're all like winding down. Mike, Mike's saying, oh, make sure you get the beer and that, and everyone's ready for a good time. Okay, okay, let's party. All right. But first, got to find Mrs. Flanagan's fuchsia. Fuck the fuchsia, it's Friday. Tell the old bag to wait. So yeah, that's that. They're like basically winding down for weekend and whatnot, and uh, it, it set it sets up their characters quite well. Like you said, you 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 find out Mike's the dick. He's like the jock guy. You've got you've got Greg who's the in between guy and Ferdy uh, who's the geek. So th- we set up them characters, and then Mike he like mooches on over to another shop, which is where his girlfriend works, Leslie. He's like. He's like cozying up to her, grabbing her ass, and she's like, "Oh, fuck off, you horny bastard!" and all that. And then the film moves to another couple outside of the mall, which I find I found it pretty weird. I think they're called um, Rick and Linda. So mm. you know, you know the couple. It cuts to them, and the the cars broke down, and like Linda takes charge and says, "Oh, I'll start this car." I think they own they own some sort of automotive garage, don't they? Mm. So, these you've you've got a lot of teenagers that work in shops and they're, they're working in a mall and they're going to have a party tonight. And then it cuts to these two who are married. They're a married couple, got a business. So to me, that like straight away, I'm like, these guys are a lot older. Like the guys in the mall are probably like what eighteen, seventeen, I don't know. And these guys just come across as like maybe late twenties. Like they settled down a bit earlier, but they're married. Um. And they're on the way to this to this mall to join in the party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't you think it's a bit weird that like these two guys who are clearly like very mature are like going to this eighteen year old eighties fucking party at a mall? Yeah. Like a shop shut for evening. Come and have a drink here. They could just go to a pub. Why are they going yeah. why are they going there? Why why did why are they even mates with these guys? Like <laughs> where did where did it come together did, that like they belong in the same social circles. Yeah, they just they just know each other. They're very good friends. They're, I mean, I, how many teenagers are you friends with that work in working <laughs> exactly? It's like me. It's like it's like us three going to a fucking party in Medwall tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? It's, like, also, it's, what it's, it's the one on. Are we? Not that we're invited. Oh, okay, well, okay. So just well, Lee, Lee's probably cool enough to get the invite, but fucking we're not. Yeah, we're not going. Did you did you notice about the uh, that whole scene? It annoyed me. I wrote this down. Um, you could hardly hear what they were saying because the, the they were like next to a motorway or something. Yeah, just like fucking <sighs> yeah. The, whoever whoever in charge of sound design on that bit did, messed up because it, I was like, what? That kind yeah. of, like could I not hear I, what they were saying. I don't think there were a sound design. Like yeah. They, they were real cars. It weren't like a track. It was like what they had played in the background. For it probably traffic. were. Uh, yeah. So now we cut back to the second technician. 
So the first technician gets killed by the killbot in the throat. The the second technician comes into the same room, and there's no the the first technician has vanished. So this is what I was talking about earlier. Where so what did they do? Put him in a cupboard or something? Yeah, I, that's what I mean. Of the, of the robots now, like got a bit of AI about him, and they're like, "Right, we've killed this dude, and we're going to be a bit sneaky, and we're going to hide his body." It's like where the fuck's his body? Yeah, I'm so like they, yeah, they've been very sneaky about things. <laughs> like, why why have they got an impetus to be sneaky? Like what? What was? What's the what? Like what's benefit from it? <laughs> yeah, it is so, very. It is. It is a very. I didn't think about it until afterwards. I was like, "What? Why did he walk in? Just being like, yo, why is there not a dead dude in front of him that had yeah. just been ripped to shreds? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't make a lot of sense. Like, where the fuck is he gone? And <laughs> all, I, I might, I, Nathan might have picked up on this, but did you recognise the second technician? Yeah, um... <laughs> I know you were. I know right. you were. I knew he, I knew him straight away. I was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I recognise him." Lee, you'll probably know him from uh, Star Trek. He's in all the Star Treks, you know, like the next gen, uh, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Um, he's in them once. He might even be in Enterprise. Um, he plays a lot of people in Star Trek, uh, but I recognised him almost instantly. I wrote a lot of notes go about on. him. <laughs> go on. What? Where's he from? Yeah, go on. Uh, I can't remember exactly which one because uh, he's got that many. He's got God tell me. He's got that many fucking. He's, he's the dad, isn't he? In Child's Play two. Oh yeah, no, he's in Child's Play one and all. I'm sure. I'm sure his dad in Child's yeah. Play two. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, I knew we were in Child's Play. Yeah, is he the, number one? I didn't know. Yeah, number one. he's credited for number one because I had a look earlier on to see what other stuff he'd been in, uh, and I saw that he was in Child's Play one. Yeah, I can remember him now from Child's Play two. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but when he walks in. The other technicians had some food like on a plate, and it's like a little pastry thing about that big, right? <laughs> and it, it goes like, "Where's not what not?" And he puts Oi. it in his yeah, he puts it in his mouth, and then like looks at robot and goes like, "What? He wasn't going to eat it or something like that." <laughs> but then for the entire rest of that, is this little one thing that was on a plate is going <laughs> chewing it right? Watch the scene again. Make sure you put it on that so everyone can see. And count down, like, how many seconds he's chewing that far. And then he dies. And then as he dies, he goes, ah! And it comes out of his mouth unchewed. <laughs> like, like he's just popped it in and had, had a little chew in it. That's, that annoyed me more than the disappearing body. I didn't pick was, up on that. Yeah, watch it. He's, he's so fake chewing. He sat there, like, reading his book and he like, like, mm. <laughs> just, <laughs> it probably just annoys me. This leads on to one of my one of my points. My yeah, one on. of my notes. My few notes I've got is um, right. A negative that I have is that the robots are massively overpowered. <laughs> I, it sounds silly, but they're designed to be a security for a, a morgue. Why have they yeah. got destructive laser beams? <laughs> Why can they weld with them? Why do yeah. they have? I know you're going to touch on it, but why have they got little ex- little plastic explosives on them? Mm-hmm. Why can they do all of this when, in fact, I mean legally as well, I imagine that they would only be able to do if even if even if this was anywhere close, you know, they'd be able to do the um, the, the tasering, and even yeah. the, the stun darts are a bit odd because I imagine that some people could probably be massively allergic to, to something to do with that. Hmm. And I'm just like, I'll, I'll take that aside and just go, that's okay. 
But why is it that they are so powerful? That's what that's one thing that annoys me. Yeah, because them. it it mentions doesn't it at the beginning that they they don't kill people and that they just like yeah, but they, they clearly they, they, they have an the understanding they have the understanding about anatomy. Oh, I'll just cut his throat. Yeah. dead. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And you know, someone does get his throat slit, doesn't he? And he's like, he's dead. And I'm just like, what? Don't they all have different coloured lasers as well? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. purple, green, and blue, or something. Yeah. I think I think that might be the ones. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that was, a good observation. That was one of my um, few issues with it. Yeah, so it's they they definitely overpowered, and obviously this this lends its centre the plot. Like you, if they could just shoot tasers, it wouldn't be as good. No, <laughs> so, no, but why should it? I mean, we'll get to it at some point, but why should they be so powerful that they can shoot at somebody and, um, spoiler, blow their head up? Hmm. It, no. Yeah. They'd, have li- they'd have limits on the power. Do you, do you, I'm not. like. No. I, I feel like I'm not going out there and being a spoil sport. But... This, this, is, this is what we were saying. Like, you've got to suspend reality in this film. Yeah. And just I... go with the flow. Because... I, I... I like to base a lot of stuff in reality, and I'm thinking robots. In a, you know, like you get your little motorized Hoover for your house, Nathan. You've got one. Yeah. Hmm. You could have that for a mall, a shopping center. You know, just trundling down, and if it spots someone, you can even equip it with a taser, but not <laughs> have have a knowledge of human anatomy and how to slice someone's throat. Yeah, that's just going one step too far. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really pick up on that, but yeah, yeah. they're like they go for jugular, don't they? They know yeah. what they're doing. There's a th- another throat. <laughs> it's gone again. Definitely. Right. So, um, so yeah, the, the killbots pass the party in the mall uh, in the furniture store, and then we cut to a nice little snippet where this is what we were talking about earlier. We've got a few cameos, and one cameo that uh, is the creme de la creme of cameos is Dick Miller. Which, yes. Um, any any horror any horror aficionado will know Dick Miller because. He is a, such a legend that he is known for these bit parts. So he, he, he plays in this film a recurring character called Walter Paisley, which is a play. It's like a running gag through like Roger Corman films, Joe Dante films. Like he always plays this guy called Walter Paisley, and uh, he is the janitor here. Uh, everyone will know him from like Night of Creeps, The Howling, Gremlins, Terminator, The Burbs. This is the guy that everybody knows. What was he in Terminator? He was like a store owner, I believe. The Uzi 9mm. You know your weapons, buddy. Any one of these is ideal for home defense. So, uh, which will it be? He always seems to play like a store owner. He Mm. owns owns like a shop or summer. Like, Night of Creeps is the guy who looks after all guns and, like, gives them out to cops. He Ah. was like that kind of guy. And uh, in Gremlins, he's like the neighbour, isn't he, Nathan? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, people will know him from all that sort of stuff. Oh, he was the gun shop owner. Yeah. No, so, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. He's, he's just like, he's a legend in his own right. We've got to give Dick Miller his uh, praise. Like, everybody who knows horror films knows Dick Miller. Yeah. Like, he, light, he lights up the screen, he takes over the scene. 90 and, years old he was when he died. Yeah, he's got, he's got a cameo in this, and it's fucking epic obviously he gets killed by the the killbots <laughs> but 
what made me laugh is the other two like janitor guys. They walk up and they've got they've got they're like drinking on job and they're like mm. taking piss out of him. Like oh fucking Walter, he'll be here all night mopping up and that. And he's like oh fuck you and that. If I catch the bastards who did this, I'll kill them. Mm. Uh, that that made me laugh. It's uh, quite funny. And uh, one one thing that like puzzled me was that he has two buckets. So he, he's a professional like cleaner. He's got a, a mop a mop on wheels. Which obviously, if a ro- if a robot bumped into it, it wouldn't knock it over. So for for this scene to take place, he has to knock over the normal buckets. He's got a like it. He's got a mop bucket on wheels and a steel bucket. Now, Nick, I, I was talking to Nathan earlier, and he highlighted this scene to me. So I'll let Nathan explain this one. Yeah, it sort of switches like viewpoints of. You see it like the robot coming towards him, and he's like, "I'm not showing you the ID, you bastard!" Us, but and he's like, he put it, the robot just pushes the bucket forward, and then it switches scenes, and then the bucket's like someone's chucked it over, and it like goes out in front of him, and then that's when he gets electrocuted and dies. But yeah, it just it just doesn't flow well. That bit. it's like it's so <laughs> it, obvious that that's what they it, clear, it clearly doesn't knock over the bucket, but no. the, the the kill is dependent on the bucket because. The killbot fires the the taser, and it obviously with the water from the bucket it fries the janitor. So, but it would get the same effect if it just shot him and then like yeah, the yeah. voltage. It's why, that, why it's, it's that advanced him? AI. He wants to tease. It wants to be Did like uh-huh, it's, it's relishing uh-huh. in it. <laughs> and so, and like, like Lee mentioned earlier, he's doing an absolutely fucking horrendous job of mopping up. Yeah, it's all up shop. He's just. And he still, he never really moves anywhere. He just always stood in the same spot. And then when he's talking to Robert, he's like slopping through it all. Like muddy footprints in it. Yeah, as, a, as someone that has worked in um, a fair few kitchens, <laughs> and my mopping's like bang on. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but whatever he's sliding around that floor, that ain't going to make it clean. It's just going to yeah, make right. it dirty. And yeah. it's he's doing a fucking it's like shit gloop. Job. It's like a thick gloop. He's just like <laughs> slopping around the floor. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting scene. Um, I've just re- as you were talking, I just watched the uh, Killbot uh, sort of like drive, move. What would you say? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Trundle, we'll go for Trundle. Mm. Trundle into the bucket. Now the way the the way the the um, the drivetrain works, obviously they they this going this way as it's moving forward. If anything, the bucket it would be more secure to the yeah. floor. Even if even if it was going quite quick, it, this this ear is pushing it to the ground. Yeah, um, yeah. it just yeah, it just what goes into it, and it just the next scene is where it just it, well the next cut is where it just floods the floor. It's like mm. you didn't knock it over, boy. Not in yeah. a million years, not in a thousand tries of doing mm. that would you knock it over? But yeah, he did knock it over, and then of course he um, fires his little taser into it. Yeah, and poor poor Dick Miller gets fried. Um, and that this is when we we first hear the Killbot's catchphrase. Thank you. Have a nice day. And uh, just a little tidbit of trivia: that the the director Jim uh, Wynorski actually voiced the Killbots on that bit. Of course, so, he did. Uh, mm. Quite cool. So yeah, it kills Dick Miller, and that's the end of Dick Miller. We all love Dick Miller, and uh, I, yeah. I like I like how the robots managed to malfunction to the point where they became killers, but their scanners. For these ID badges, that little bit of that little bit of uh, yeah, yeah. functionality uh, that broke. We don't have that anymore. But no, yeah. now we can fire deadly laser beams from our faces. Hmm. Also, without having a nice day, is it being sarcastic? Like 
Well, it's saying it because it's clearly dead. <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not very nice. It must just be its programming coming through. Yeah, but why, why is it at one minute it's Snidely looking about and it's setting up a kill by war on floor, but then it's still following protocol and saying <laughs> have a nice day. It's and another thing and all that we had we had said about is them ID badges. I mean, I know it was eighties, but like the height of technology was a giant barcode because <laughs> yeah. they're they're basically their head is just a barcode reader. you never see their view like a camera, right? which just a barcode laser beam. That's a yeah, that's good. Single yeah, that that they're just like a basically a giant barcode reader, mm, but they've got they've got attached. yeah they've got weapons that can kill you. Mm. So um, obviously now we after we've killed the janitor, we've got the classic eighties party full swing. But what's pretty weird is that they're all they're all basically in this store and they're all fucking. There's like a bed here and a bed there, and just a bit weird. Everybody, like, everybody's having sex next to each other. It's it's very good because it's like one shot. Yeah, that, then like, it like, pulls moves. back and it shows these two having sex and like a little bit of tidbit about them. Then them having like a little thing. Then others, and then it pulls back even more. And it's two people sat watching a film. Yeah. It's like what the fuck? You, did, just turn around. What's going on? <laughs> like, it's a bit weird. It's all a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. The next inciting incident is. Mike's girlfriend's like, oh, I need to, I need some smokes. After he's giving her a bit of cunnilingus, she's like, yeah. oh, I need some smokes. So that's uh, a big said... word for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so she she sends him out on a mission to get some smokes. So he's like, all right. She does the classic like flashes the tits and like, oh, hurry back, like in Halloween style. Yeah. And so he, he obviously he's like, boom. Yeah, he get he gets the cigs and then. Obviously, the killbot comes out, just stuns him rather than killing him. For all we know, he gets stunned. Hmm. And then uh, Leslie, Leslie getting impatient because she's waiting for a six. She comes out shop. She comes out of the uh, store. The the camera guy decides to just track on her ass like all the way. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the juiciest of of um, asses, but it's it's always worth watching, I guess. Hmm. So yeah, it, fo- it follows her ass, and it it leads to Mike. Who's at the SIG machine? But this is another thing with the robot. They've moved Mike again. They've gone out of their way to move Mike. And now he's like propped up. And I don't know how she doesn't see Mike. Because he's like clearly yeah. laying there. And she doesn't, she doesn't see him until she walks into him. Oh! And then, yeah. He's <laughs> in shadow. Yeah. And then, and then clearly she, she bumps into him. And then she's like, oh no, Mike, what are you doing? And oh. then his throat like opens and he's got blood spitting out. But then another like stupid point about this film is that the killbot is hid behind the like they're like fire doors or something. They open inwards and it's like <laughs> the ro how the fuck did the robot open the doors for start? His arms are still like that. It's not like it went pulled them and yeah. then like, went through. It, it just like and then the robot comes out and obviously it hunts down Leslie. Hmm. And this is clearly the best kill in the film. Like, yeah. I think you'll both agree. That I've got something to comment about this kill. Yeah, carry yeah, on. All, all the budget went into this kill because they took the time and they put the effort in. I, I'm going out there and I'm saying that this is the best head explosion that I have ever seen on <laughs> celluloid. So, so she gets, so she's running off 
and it's chasing her down, and it shoots her and kills her. Yeah? Yeah. The, that's a basic description of the scene, isn't it? Yeah. Um, hits her in the back of the head, it, it, it explodes, and it, it is a gruesome scene. I think I remember my wife watching my wife. I'm sure she was laughing when it happened. <laughs> um, now, my big issue with this, as the viewer that likes to whinge a little bit. I don't want to whinge too much because, well, you'll, you'll understand. But, like, they're all watching as it happens. Now, I've I've seen people get caught before and I've seen people get faint. I've seen people throw up, but then other people will throw up afterwards just because of it. This person had their head dismantled from the rear going forwards, <laughs> covering a good radius, right? No, they were all just stood there watching it. Like, yeah, that like blood just, splatters on fucking... Like, they're, just, on, they're just like, yeah, she's dead. She, they're used to it. They work in a furniture shop. She's so, dead. Yeah. Not That's what? just every day. There's yeah, no it's screams. Just Friday for them. There's no screams. Mm. There's no... Not even a, oh my God. There's nothing. It's just... It's the fuck. It, it, it ruined it. It ruined that scene for me. <laughs> it, ru- oh, it it was the brilliant head explosion to the the what the, what the must have been like five, four, six people. How many was last there? Anyway, they're all just standing there like it didn't even matter. <laughs> what what ruined it for me were the fact that after that had happened, it showed you the view of the killbot, and you can clearly see her laid on the floor with the head. Yeah, like, <laughs> you can see a big long blonde hair. And it's like she's just trying to tuck it in, but you can see her head. But, cause... but if you rewind a minute, she gets shot in like ass and shot in arm, and it doesn't like the same laser just doesn't do right? anything. That was my point at the beginning of the film. He says they fire a laser that can cut through anything, but he shoots her on ass, and she goes like, "Oh, yeah. like like it was a little electric shock or something." And then they're inconsistent these lasers because. You can take a couple of shots. That uh, Alison, the the main woman, doesn't she get shot in the shoulder at all? Yeah, like, she's mm. fine, but she gets shot in back at head. Oh well, your head's Boom. fucked. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's all. It's like a watermelon being dropped. That it's it's awful. Just yeah, that, it, very inconsistent. Them uh, them lasers. <laughs> also, the pinpoint accuracy when it's doing that, but later on in film, they're just like wildly firing everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just it's like stormtroopers shooting. So yeah. Everybody gets armed, and then the guys go out into the mall and they try to shoot the robot, which proves that it's basically useless. Hmm. And they, they throw a propane tank at it and they shoot it. They think they think that they kill the killbot, which they actually don't. And this they is the line. Yeah, this is the line where they're like, Jesus. "What's that? Robot blood." And then we cut back to the women who decide to go out into the mall and they, they decide to attack the killbots with their Molotov cocktails. And uh, this is where Susie, Barbara Crampton, gets killed. I think the gas canister explodes and she gets set on fire. And then she's like, a, she's like burning. <laughs> it's quite harsh. Uh, but like, like any good 80s movie has a burning man in it. It's like a guy in a suit who gets set on fire and he goes, and he does... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like quintessential eighties, and in this film, it's no different. Even though it's like a nineteen-year-old woman being burnt alive, it's clearly a guy in a suit on mm. fire. 
But th- this is the scene where they, they kill the first kill bot because they lower it into an elevator, which they have rigged up with uh, gas canisters. Nobody can hit it. Kelly Maroney hits it and uh, it blows it up. It kills the first robot. But that happens. <laughs> and then for the rest of the film, nobody ever gives her a gun. Yeah. She's like, it's clearly the best shot. Yeah. Nice shot. Dad's a Marine. Like, why? Just gear a fucking gun. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you people? All of them are firing on that elevator. I'm like, why is not one person hitting? There's like two gas canisters. Yeah. What they've put on. That would be an easy shot for anyone, even if I, nobody's ever fired a gun. But she just does it in one shot. They're like, nice yeah. shot. It's like, and they never, no, they never gear all a your gun. shit. Yeah. yeah, gear a gun and she can sort it out. <laughs> After that, this is where the killbots decide to team up. If you notice, like they both come onto the same level. Yeah, like we fucking know these guys are here. We're gonna fucking kill them. It's a challenge, isn't it? They're going Rambo, full Rambo on them, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. This is where the teenagers decide to go into a store, and (laughs) this point they crawl under some shutters, and Allison gets shot in the arm, like by one of the lasers that blew up the other bird's head. Yeah. (laughs) But what made me laugh is that. Alison's got a fucking jumper on. She gets shot in the arm. And then they bandage up her arm. But they bandage it over the jumper. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, like, bandaging the wound, they bandage the jumper. And it's yeah, just, like, it's fucking just still just not even going to be like a tight seal. It's just going to leak all into her cardigan. Yeah. So for the rest of the film, she's got a fucking bandage over her jumper. So we're we two bots down. Everybody's dead. Except Alison and Ferdy. And then the kill bot just, like, launches a... Fire extinguisher at Ferdy's head, doesn't it? Yeah. And then Ferdy just like dead on the floor, blood seeping out of his head. You're like, that's the that's the end of Ferdy. So now we've just got Alison left. So Alison run, running around, getting chased by the last killbot. She picks up like a bin and she smashes the windows in. But like the windows of are like there's like two windows. There's like a top window and a bottom window. Hmm. And she smashes the top window. And then smashes the bottom window. Yeah. I'm like, why did you smash the top window? Then the killbot chases the dad. And this is what made me laugh, is that she hides in the shittiest place. She's I, like, like, yeah. I do like I, I like the scene. I like the way they approach it. I like the fact that there's... Um, oh, I've hidden the pet store. And mm-hmm. there's... I mean, it, it's like it's like the killbot comes in and goes, Ha-ha, spiders. It's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> knocks them onto the floor. So yeah, they all... Yeah. They all smash, and of course the spiders then go to to her. But of course, yeah. of course, when it goes away, then you've got the next bit where she uh, yeah. she goes to get up, and it's just like I'll just yeah, flick yeah, yeah. this, I'll just flick this plastic fucking spider off yeah. me. It's like what is that? So like there's obvi- they're obviously fake spiders. I'm sure mm. when the snake crawls up a leg, it's like a mannequin leg. Then she decides to go back into it more when. The killbot is like obviously not seen her, and then she dangles off the edge to hide from the killbot. She's like struggling, and then she falls, doesn't she? Mm. She falls into a tent. She, she goes into a. It's like a DIY store what's full of paint, but obviously it's locked up. She decides to pull a jumper over her head <laughs> and smash the window like that. I thought like, it was really good. I was when I watched her do it. I'm like, that's a good technique. But if obviously for the film it would made out of sugar glass, like if that were real glass, would she not just run into the glass and then just like 
hit it and fall back. Yeah, yeah. she would. She would have been hit it and fall back, or she would have broke the glass and landed perfectly on a pointy one, and it would have yeah. just killed her, and that would have been the end of it. Um, my biggest issue with that uh, scene is that she goes in and she's got a plan, hasn't she? She's going to get lots of um, flammable Paint, yeah. liquids. She gets these paints and she pops these. I love yeah. this. I love that like breakdown of her like pop, pop, pop. Yeah, pop, throw pop. paint. Have you tried to get? A, you know, sometimes exactly. you get a pot of paint and you try exactly. to get it. Half an hour later, yeah. you've got a fucking jackhammer on it because you can't get it off. It takes but, you about 20 minutes to get the fucking paint lift off. But even better, she doesn't get a drop of paint on her no. shoes. And no. they, I believe they are white trainers she's wearing and she does not get one drop of paint on My missus yeah. points that out. She's sitting there going, yeah. why has she got none on her shoes? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, she's throwing it that way and mm. she's not, yeah, not on it, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is unbelievable. But it all worked out and, and then this is the point where they kill the last robot. It makes sense that it's skid on the paint, but it doesn't make sense that it blow up because I don't think paint is highly flammable. If anything, paint... it would be decorated nicely. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like nineteen eighties paint were highly flammable. So we'll, we'll go with that. Yes, but yes. What we didn't mention earlier is when the girls were arming themselves. She puts the she puts a flare down her cleavage, doesn't she? And it's like at that point <laughs> she you're fucking like, fucking remembers it. Yeah, <laughs> you're oh, like I know. She... Shit, I know no, that's got... going to get used. I need some. Mm. Oh, is that flare in there? Why is it not fell down? At yeah. no point did she kind of go. Yeah, <laughs> I've just got to readjust that flare. They, they must have put a lot of budget into this scene. Mm. And as you said earlier, with the the mall being closed at night and being cleaned up, mm. can you imagine this scene? All the pain, all the explosion, and then being ready for nine o'clock opening. <laughs> I predict mm. four days to clean that up. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there. Um, yeah, paint is like one of those things that if you drop it, you're scared. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, mm. fuck, fuck, I've dropped paint on the floor. Oh, my God. And it's it's one of those really, it's one of the most stressful things that you can spill, other than maybe bleach because of yeah. the destruction it does. But paint on the floor, they must have um, they must have had some sort of covering on the floor for it. They must yeah. have. And then they just like bundle it up. And then lob it in a skip. They must have done. Yeah. There's no way the ba- they would have cleaned it. They wouldn't have cleaned it up. They basically caught, they cause havoc. They blow this fucking store up. There's paint everywhere. And that's where the last killbot dies. So, at this point, Kelly Maroney, Allison, survives. So, as in like every 80s horror film you can think of, the Virgin doesn't die. Hmm. <laughs> so, the Virgin survives and then she walks out of the store... And third is there, who we thought were dead. He appeared no, here. I knew he wasn't dead. Come on. Yeah, yeah. fire extinguisher chucked at him, didn't he? Come where, on, where, the, where the fuck did he get that toilet roll from? <laughs> he's got a toilet roll behind his head, and he's like, oh, I'm alive. I love how yeah. he pulls out. He's like, yeah. look at my toilet roll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's the end of the film. Like, the two virgins survive. They killed the robot. They survived the night. So... Now we've discussed the film, or should I say I've discussed main main points of the film. Um, we'll get to our rating. So I think we'll start off with Lee on this. We're getting a rating out of 10. Right, I've got a bit of a problem with this. Go I told you, I've messaged you, didn't I? And I left it yeah. a bit trivial, so it made you... Uh, I'm hoping that you were thinking, fuck's he on about? 
least we're, a little bit. At least a little, always, a little bit. We're always bit. thinking, what's, what the fuck's like, about? What is wrong with this film? I cannot see a single yeah. issue. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll read what I, uh, I wrote out. Um, okay, let me have a little, little look. One of my favourite parts was with the was for I need to mention the Dick Miller part when he gets tasered, and I love the fact that you can see his skeleton. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic cartoon. It's like all some Looney Tunes yeah. shit going on. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like it's like Street Fighter, isn't it? When Blanker it's, like shoot. It's yeah. so good. It's such a good part. It's probably one of my favourite Indiv- as an individual scene. It's probably one of my favourite one of my favourite parts. Definitely. Um, problem here is that I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. For me, it was a it was a classic film, and I can't give it any hate. Um, despite oh, its B movie status, the hmm. film oozes the eighties try hard kind of action slasher vibe, and it it kind of tickles me in places that, let's be honest, a killbot shouldn't be allowed to tickle. It was um it was great. I I really enjoyed it. There was hmm. no I knew there was no way you. I mean, originally I'm I'm here as a as a person that's going to moan a lot about films. Um, I'm a bit of a. I'm not a, a critic. I'm. I'm just a, a person that, I. I'm seen as a person that likes the AAA movie. You know that 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 kind of the the Marvel the the big hitters. And I do like a lot of the big hitters without a doubt. Um, I'm a big fan of big, massive, overhyped movies. I love. I love them. I love them. It's you know I didn't get a lot of it when I was little. I was stuck to kind of watching videos. So now I just kind of absorb all that all that crap that comes in anything. Um, but growing up, I did go to the video shop uh, quite a lot. I rented out a lot of movies, and part of me thinks that maybe I've seen this before but forgotten about it because a lot mm. of it seemed quite familiar. But at the same time, I would never, I would never be able to hundred percent say that I watched it, so I can't, I can't say I remember it. There, are, you know, there are people that do that even if they've not seen it. They go, yes, I watched, I watched this film when I was, you know, I'm not going to do that because I don't think. I, I don't think I can I can put that confidence in that statement, mm. um, but I, there's a lot of films that are very similar to it. So it, it kind of a lot of these films do blur into each other um, significantly that you can get confused. Um, the the storyline, uh, the way the way the way it flows, the way it, the way it happens is a class is classic teen slasher movie. The teens get together, they're doing something they shouldn't do, or maybe they should do. Um, there's a bad element comes in, kills them off one by one, bam, 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 and right at the end, two of the teens or one of the teens uh, wins the final fight, and they have a hug. It's all done. That is your mm. classic slasher. We all know that. Um, uh, yeah, I, lo- I, lo- I love the film. Uh, Deadly Prey that we watched um, last month. Um, <laughs> I struggled to watch it, mm. and not because I'm an, an anti B movie critic. It's because I, I actually genuinely think it's a very bad film. Yeah, um, we won't disagree with you on that one. But. There are elements of it which are very amusing, very fun, but I'm sorry. I think that as a human being, I could probably direct, produce a better film than Deadly Prey. <laughs> uh, I'm not even lying. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, I'm going to say I think I could because I think it was trash. But then again, were they, when it came to Deadly Prey, were they aiming to make a shit film, a crap film, one that came across like... Maybe. Like it did. Mm. I don't know. I'm no. I'm never going to ever speak to these people. Uh, maybe. Maybe they made this film. They came out at the end and went, "Fucking hell, we've made, we've made exactly what we envisioned." Mm. Um, was it worth it? I don't know. It's got the B movie status. Obviously, clearly, people love it lots, including yourself, Ben. Um, but for me, 
I, I as I watched it as a first time viewer, I struggled with it because it just came across shit. <laughs> but I'm I, but, but Chopping Mall. But we go on to Chopping Mall. Hmm. And you know what? A few of the characters were very, very lovable. Very, you could go. Okay, I was a teacher. Yeah, I can associate with this a little bit more. That the American Mall. We we've had our own shopping center. We call them like more like shopping centers, don't we over here? Mm. But uh, I love a good shopping center. In fact, my favorite <laughs> shopping center is called Broadmarsh Shopping Center, and it's recently been shut and it's been knocked down at the moment. And a little bit, I feel like a little bit of me is broken in that. Um, <laughs> Seeing the shopping centres, the, the shopping malls, I'll say, in things like Stranger Things, really ignited that 80s. I was born in 1979, so for me, I was visiting and remembering these shopping centres, uh, malls, as a as a small child from, you know, memories from when I would be like four, absolute busy shopping centres, and they're not like that anymore. Mm. I love shopping centres, uh, shopping malls. I think they're, they're fantastic places. You have all the shops you need and you have a roof. But of course, what don't you need when you've got all you need? And you don't need big doors that lock and killer robots that are going to take your head off. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I I thought some of the deaths were a bit stupid, but at the same time, I have to accept them as part of the film. Great film. At no point did I ever think to myself, I can't watch this film. Mm-hmm. At no point did I think, as I did with Deadly Prey, I watched it in like three parts. Uh, this was... This was a film I was perfectly happy to go from the beginning to the end in one fail soup. And I'm going to put, put this as well. I was actually a little bit tired. I think I'd fallen asleep earlier watching a different film. But I was like, I put this on to watch the beginning. I was like, well, just watch the beginning and see what it's like. And we just ended up watching it, the whole thing. Mm. Me, myself, my wife watched the whole thing. She thought it was trash. I thought it was brilliant trash. Hmm. And um, and now I'm going to rate it. Do I rate it as an overall film? As in, I am I putting it? Am I pitting it up against my favourite films? As for no. me, Interstellar is a ten. For me, Alien is a ten. Do I have to put it up against them and give it a rating, or do I say to myself, do I give it this kind of like? Do I put it in a secondary category of this is a pile of sh- these are these these and this is a pile of shit. Mm. These are these um a, co- a collective of shit films, and I'm going to give it a rating that maybe, maybe at the end of our collection of films that we've got, maybe we'll look back on the list and we'll put them in order of what we consider mm. to be the greatest to the worst. Deadly Prey will be at the bottom. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, mm. we'll put shut up. Um, we'll put them in a, in an organised uh, fashion that speaks to us all and we will agree with it. In fact we'll do a tear maker on it. We'll have all those yeah, films yeah, up we will. and we'll go yeah. through them and we'll have a little we'll have a little chat about each one and we'll say to yourself, you know what, that chopping mall's a banger. That's going in at A. Will it go in at S? Not just yet, because we're gonna see what happens to the other films. We've got all the we've got bad taste. We've got some other very good films coming up. Um for me right now, in terms of a low budget movie this is what I'm going to go for a low budget movie ranking. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a nine. Ooh, a nine out of Whoa. ten. Whoa! It, it's having it. I'm gonna, I did not expect that. It's getting it. I watched it. Yes. I enjoyed it. I could watch it again. Yes. I enjoyed the cam. I enjoyed the cameo. I enjoyed seeing Dick Miller. 
I enjoyed oh, yes. going. He was from Karate Kid because Karate Kid being a favourite film, it's a film that influenced me as a child. It's one of those films that I had an interest in the the kind of like the mysticism of the 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 Orient as a child growing up. It's one of those films where I'm like, I, I want to meet my Mister Miyagi. You know, it's one of those <laughs> films, and I think that I never had my Mister Miyagi, so it makes me sad. But I love it. I love it. But yeah, uh, yeah it has to be for me. It has to be, and it's not a ten because <laughs> yes. I think there were elements which which yes. take away from it. But I'm going to give it a nine. But the, what did I give? Uh, what did I give? Deadly Prey. It, like, it was a four, four. right? Okay. Yeah. It was a five apart from the ending, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah so and a good, a solid, and I mean a solid nine. Yeah. And yeah. unless there's a film which can beat it within our collection that we've got, it will go up. It will be our top film. And in that case, it will have to be a 10 for the local. I'm going to say, that's that's like fucking, I'm so happy that you get it a nine. That's like my mission's complete. Well, it's it's one film out of many. And um, there's, um, you know, you never know how it can, how it can turn up. Yes. So that's, that's a solid nine. But so Nathan, go on. Well, I'm going to say the opposite to Lee, but also agree with him at the same time, if you know what I mean. So I I, I believe that this was a better film than Deadly Prey by at least 100%. Um, (laughs) It had a plot. I I know it's not the strongest plot, but it had a plot. Whereas... We never knew knew the plot of Deadly Prey, did we? Yeah. But... I'm going to disagree in the sense of I felt as though there were more memorable moments for Deadly Prey. Do you know, like more to- not not talking points. Yo, I'm just going to say, yeah, there was never titties like that girl in that bed in Deadly Prey. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> there were, were none of them. But it's like, I don't know. The, I, the characters, other than Alison... Um and, and which is called Susan the other the yeah Su- no Susie yeah Susie were very forgettable for me in in this whereas Mike Danton will live forever in my memory he was a he was a main character I don't think the yeah, I don't think it was the main if we can if we consider the two main characters of uh Choppy Mall I think are they forgettable a little bit hmm. like um. Kelly Kelly Maroney's like a good female lead. Like yeah, actually, female. I agree. I think she's a solid. I think she's mm. a solid lead for the film. Um, the other guy, yeah, he was a little bit forgettable. Yeah, very, he was forgettable. Um, but as as, as a lead, mm. yeah, as as a lead, I think Kelly Maroney definitely fits it. But yeah, I think the difference between Deadly Prey and this, going off what you were saying, is Deadly Prey was more extravagant. It was more <laughs> shouty. It was the action more was, over the top. It was more over the top, and that's what mm. makes him more memorable. Is he a better yeah. lead character? I don't know because the thing is with De- with Deadly Prey, he he was the only character that mm. kind of really mattered overall. But with Chopping mm. Mall, you have the two characters which kind of they kind of like were like a sixty forty sort of thing going off. Um, she wasn't. You never even tagged her as a main lady, as a leading lady, as a as the main mm. character of the show, it was only until she was the one that was left over yeah. did you go, oh, she was the main, she was the one that we should have maybe have been focused on, focusing mm. on a little bit more. I get what yeah. you're saying, but I don't know. I, I, I think that the, the films are different enough that it's like a, it's like Alien 
Ripley's, you know, Sigourney Weaver's character is the main, but with aliens, they're all great characters. All mm. of them are memorable, even though Ripley is the main at the the end, and 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 shopping was a little bit like aliens in that respect. Mm. Yeah, because it's for me, it's like um, Deadly Prey is the the equivalent of the room, you know the. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh hi Mark! It's yeah. that trying to be a film but not quite a film yeah. in in its direction. Right. Whereas Chopping Mall is more like ants, sir. Right? Do you know like not quite Bugs Life? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, B- Bugs Life was more memorable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 it like belongs in that category of i know it's not a slasher but it is a slasher yeah it's, it it fits for me firmly between like nightmare Elm street and robocop that sort of caliber of film and that's why i prefer i, I do prefer this film to between between nightmare and elm street and <laughs> robocop yeah yeah not in in the time frame in the budget well not even in the budget because robocop clearly had a bigger budget than than this but the 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 overall story, the plot, and the, right, the, okay. the quality of the film, um, it's deadly praised quality was some men with some plastic guns running around it woods, running so around it's the not, forest. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, there, there was I I, mean, I know we couldn't even find the budget on that film because I'm I'm betting the most budget <laughs> on that film was just on the actors. I bet, I bet the the scenery, the sets, the props. All of that, the permits would nothing in comparison to compare to whatever media, uh, whatever the yeah. mediocre. They but pay. where does this lead us towards giving a score for it? Well, can, I don't, I can't remember what I put. Give Deadly Prey. Well, can you remember what I get again? You give Deadly Prey a seven, but I think it worked out as a six. Yeah, overall it was six, weren't it? Yes, you get it a seven. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give this then an eight. But only yeah, because, fair. yeah, I would, I would, on our scale of things, I would happily give this a nine, but I'm going to give it an eight, only because I think I'm going to like Sleepaway Camp more, and I want to leave that, because that, that's, in B-movie style, I prefer that sort of... Having Sleepaway wrong, Camp? Yeah. What, what What's that? Well, that's leading you on <laughs> to, yeah. to our next bit. So, uh, it will uh, be in a minute. Ben, we need your score. Yeah, yep. so obviously to me, this is a classic. I've seen, I own, I know about it, I, I love it, everything's good about it. Just to put it out there, last time I watched this before this podcast, I double, I did a double bill with uh, Dawn of the Dead, which is one of my favourite films, and Chopping Mall, mm. and it was like a, I did it as like a Black Friday double bill. Which I think it works very, very well, yeah. especially with you know, with the mall setting and uh, the consumerism and all that. Mm. So if any if anybody out there loves horror films, uh, watch Dawn of the Dead and Chopping Mall back to back, and you won't be disappointed. But uh, this film, it's like a powerhouse. It's like hundred and eighty uh, one hour eighteen minutes. It's start to finish just. Relentless action. There's like a little bit of a lull, but it's got a good flow. It keeps you. Yeah. It keeps you entertained mm. enough that you want to kind of go. Okay, I know it's low budget shit, but what's happening next? Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like it's like goofy, and like I said at the beginning, it you want to check you, you want to check your brain in at dawn, just suspend belief and just go with the ride. And 
if you can do that, and I'm sure I was surprised that Lee get it a nine. To be honest, um, mm. that means that he's fully checked his brain and gone with it, which is what I want to see. Because mm. we a lot of we a lot of these films we're choosing. This is what you've got to do. And yeah, you can't you can't critique them too too heavily. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We we critique them for a laugh and pick them apart, but. The end of the day, if you sit down with your mates or your missus and you have some beers and you watch them, and it's they're a good laugh, and there's no doubting that Chopping Mode's a good ride and it's a short film and it's not too taxing on your brain. So I know I get Deadly Player Nine, but I can't because I get Deadly Player Nine for different reasons. I cannot give Chopping Mode less than a nine hmm. for different reasons. So I'm definitely giving Chopping Mode a nine. So hmm. that would be. Lee a nine, me a nine, and you an eight. So mm-hmm. I'd I'd happily say that's an eight point five. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe more towards nine. But if you wanted yeah. to say eight and a half, well, it, yeah, yeah. Would that be an happy consensus? So I would definitely yeah. get a nine. It's definitely got a, enough charm. It's it's a charming film, and it's got um, a charming. I character. think I think as a, if you've gone for an eight, and we, yeah, what an eight point five. We just round yeah, it I, I'd be happy at eight point five because that yeah. is definitely a good score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eight point five total for this. Eight point five is a, oh. I think, a good, a very good, a very good score. Very good. I mean, like Nathan get it the lowest score there, which is I'm surprised at. Yeah, but I, I like like we were saying um, before. I don't because we've got this many films to go through. I don't yeah. want to set myself up too high. You don't I'm want to watch in. Yeah, because I don't, I don't want to go straight up to the top, and then I don't know. I don't know if Sleepaway Camp's going to give us a ten. I don't know if it's going to give us a, a two. I don't know if we've got other ones planned. I don't know if they're going to get us higher than that. So we'll have to see. So overall, we're saying eight point five. Yep. So that's a general consensus that this is on the higher end of the B movies. Yes, definitely, hundred percent. So. Yep. The higher end of the B movies and definitely some good beers. So maybe if it's... it was longer, it might have been worse. Like yeah. I think, I think mm. maybe they nailed it in that one. It was one yeah. hour seventeen minutes, I believe it was. Yeah, um, I think it maybe they nailed it line. in that. Yeah, in that time frame. I think if it was longer, I mean, how much more can you drag out with it? You know? Yeah, mm. you could include would... you could include different elements. Um, it was past... to the point. It was concise. It was fast. It was yeah. furious. Yeah, we all loved it. It was fast. It was furious. There's a good load of fi- there's a good um, set of films actually, which uh, um, yeah, uh, that not B movies though. Sorry, yeah. Well, well they are B movies. So, go on. I, I'm gonna say, I've got. Do you know how I do the arbitrary uh, tallies? Yeah, go um, on for the film. I've decided this one because, um, like, I chose nipples for this one or boobs. Yeah. Uh, because there was boobs in it. Um, there's another one which I. Wanted to count, but I'm not going to tell you the, the the total. I want people that's viewing or listening to go and actually watch the film and then comment underneath uh, or let us know on Facebook um, the score. And it was I've not I purposely kept this quiet until this point. Um, what I'm talking about is because it was a big part of the film, but nobody else seemed to pick up on it. Um, the word bastard is said in this film. God knows how many times. Bastard. But yeah, they every single time they they kill the the robot or the robot appears, they call it a bastard for some weird reason, <laughs> and I, I don't know why they get away with this. Your parents uh, aren't married. Yeah, <laughs> they just 
aggressively the reminding them that their parents were a young couple yeah. that didn't yeah. get married. Yeah, it's it's a strange choice. I didn't I didn't pick up on that. What re right, you got you've got to rewatch it. Everyone no. who's watching it, I mean it's been on it background in the entire time. Um <laughs> but so everyone's probably watched it by now. But go and watch it. It's like I'm it's on in the background on YouTube, you can watch it for That's free. the third time it. he's mopped that fucking floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this specific at <laughs> this point where it's his cameo, he says bastard about eight times. Right? So go back and watch it and I want you to comment and and put why and how many times he says bastard. And, I'll tell you what, anyone anyone that can um, figure out how many times that said uh, bastard can pick a topic for one of our, our podcasts that yeah. we... Um, the winner gets that. That we do. Not one of our fixed podcasts, but one of our ones that we do. Uh, we do like our weekly ones. It'll be a short segment, but you can you can pick something. It can be it can be anything you want. Yeah, might even get you on as a guest. We don't, we, we might. Well, you'd have to be extra accurate. Yeah, <laughs> and we'd have to like you, not you, Steve. Yeah. Oh yeah, Steve. Is that. yeah. Sorry, Sorry Steve. Steve. <laughs> or Russell. No, we've had you on, mate. Yeah. All right, I think that's so, about it, isn't it, Ben? Yeah. We so we 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 generally. We're generally saying that this is a fucking mint film. Yeah, bang on. And it's 8.5. We all loved I'll, it. I'll push this to a 10 if all the other films are not as good. <laughs> me too. Me too. Oh, yeah, me that, too. Yeah. Me too. If, we'll, the other we'll, films, if they yeah. don't reach this level, this will be my 10. Like, like yeah. I said, well, and um, you, you, Nathan, you said it already. I say it. Yeah. I agree with that. It'll we'll be see. on his, on his uh, tier maker that this one will be the S. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll do a tear maker when this is all over with then. Yeah. So, yeah. Anybody who's watching who hasn't who aren't seen it, obviously, go and watch it. Why wouldn't you? Hmm. Um, Hour and 18 minutes, it's nothing. Yeah. Do it. It's a fucking... It's an easy watch. It's your, watch break, it. it's your lunch break, isn't it, on you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, go and watch it. Um, and, obviously, go and buy some stouts from your independent bottle shop and whatnot. Um Yep. So, this the next film, which obviously Nathan has spoiled about twenty times in his review, hmm. is uh, going to be Sleepaway Camp. Hmm. So this is a this is going to be our August pick for the month. Uh, tying into summer, the film takes place in a summer camp, so it's like our summer camp special. Um, the the beer for that will be a sour. If you want to check out the notes, you can check it out on Letterboxd and you'll see how it ties into the film, but we'll obviously we'll discuss it in that episode. So, yeah. Next month will be some uh, Sleepaway Camp, which is a slasher classic, and we'll put the trailer in here now just to get a bit of flavour for it. Just before I roll the trailer, I mean, you can watch the trailer... And it won't give too much away, but other than the trailer, I would suggest not, if you've not seen this film, do not Google this film. Just watch the trailer we're about to insert and leave it at that, basically. Yeah, You'll, major, you, will it, major yeah, twist. you will enjoy it more if you just go into it blind. So mm-hmm. we'll insert the trailer now. Dear Mom and Dad... I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks and I'm getting very scared. Welcome to sleepaway camp. 
someone is watching you. Hey, Barbara, Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Sleep away, camp. You won't be coming home. So that is our next pick. I hope you enjoyed this month's show. And hopefully we'll catch you next time. Like I said, if you want to drink along, watch along, you can check out as the... Beer pairings or whatnot on Letterbox film. You can see all the films that are coming up and all the beer pairings if you want to get ahead of the game. Yeah. Letterbox um, is a just to interrupt. Letterbox is a great site to to go on and have a look at films that you'd like. Maybe um, if you want to create a profile, go for it and um, pick different genres and um, pick all those films that you've watched and um, collect them all together. Mm-hmm. Maybe make yourself a top one hundred, which is something I'm doing. I need to get back on to do. Actually, it's quite a fun mm-hmm. thing to. Quite fun to yeah. do, actually. Um, Letterbox is uh, fantastic. And, and just, uh, just to Lee, uh, we're not sponsored by Letterbox. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, Gil's a follower on there because yeah. hopefully, we're going to do this year, this season, which takes us up till December, and hopefully, we're going to do another season next year so you can follow along. Um, so, yeah, check that out. This is the next video. So, if uh, that's everything we've gone through, Watch if you haven't watched Shoppy Ball, watch it. And if you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, then get it on your playlist and get it watched next month. Uh, so all that's left to say is uh, goodbye. So it's a uh, goodbye from me, your host. Goodbye and goodbye from these two handsome guys. It's a goodbye from me, Lee, your uh, normal host of Sage Street, along with Nathan. Mm-hmm. We will have. One of our normal episodes will be up um, probably the week after this one. We'll see. Although Nathan has got a gaming special lined up somewhere. So yeah, mm-hmm. thanks a lot. If you manage to make it this far, you're a, you're a, I don't know what you are. You're something magical. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben's done a great job with organising this, and he will mm-hmm. do so for each episode. Gives him something uh, something to do. He's got plenty to do anyway, but it's a little bit focused. Something mm-hmm. fun that we can uh, hopefully carry on for the next. Um, well, I mean, I don't know how long was it. How long were we carrying on for this? Can you remember? So December at least. December at least. That's great. That's great, and, and um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And um, over to you, Nathan. All right, I'd uh, like to say thank you and have a nice day. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. A great way to join in the fun is by checking out the Letterboxd account. There's a link below. Uh, There's a full list of films and some beer recommendation notes on there as well. Don't forget to support your smaller independent shops and, as always, drink responsibly.